Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The rail strike. Do everything we can to include paid sick leave. Shutdown would grind our economy to a halt and every family would feel the strain. The president's never been down to the border. He's been to the border since he took office. When, when did he go to the border? Continues to lie. The crisis created by FTX. I don't know what to say. Like, what happened, happened. They must be regulated. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It's News and Views for a Thursday. Political trivia is coming up. Your category, Christmas in Washington. Lots to talk about. And we've got some of that um, audio from the FTX interview that uh, Stephanopoulos did with uh, the head moron at ftx (laughs) this guy is wow how he ever got control of the funds he had control of is mind-boggling i I, the the guy's got to be he he comes across like he doesn't have it all together i mean that he's far from having it all together and yet uh for a while he uh was the uh guy with all the money Conning a lot of people, a lot of people out of their money. So I know we're not a sports program, but a lot of sports stories here. Apparently, Japan has beaten Spain, and they will, they, they, I think, won Group E. They will advance to the 16 teams that will eventually, two of which will get to the championship game. They beat Spain, but Spain is also in the team field of 16 due to other games that are one loss. You've got to have a uh, <laughs> you've got to have a PhD to figure out who's in and who's out on these uh, World Cup games. There is a uh, interesting story, a number of interesting stories out of Iran or Iran, depending on uh, how you like to pronounce it. But there was one Iranian man who celebrated the national team's loss to the United States earlier this week. And uh, he was celebrating. There's one video of him celebrating with a cake and sort of dancing around and celebrating. This is how infuriated the citizens in Iran are with their government. He later was celebrating by honking his horn. He was pulled over by authorities and shot in the head. Yeah. Can't make it up. There are uh, – it's it's really interesting to note the protests that are happening around the world. Iran, Brazil – China, people are fed up. WITN is reporting that Baseball Hall of Famer and two-time Cy Young Award winner Gaylord Perry, who is a master of the spitball, yes, that is supposed to be illegal, passed away earlier today, 84 years old. Perry died at his home in Gaffney, South Carolina. He went from, of course, he was all over the United States playing for different major league teams, He played baseball for Williamson High School in the late 1950s, and uh, he ended up in Gaffney, South Carolina. He founded the baseball program at Limestone College in Gaffney and was a coach there for uh, several years. 
Uh, natural causes. Apparently, he uh, passed away in Gaffney earlier today. Uh, died in his home at about 5 a.m. from natural natural causes. This, according to the Cherokee County Coroner's Office, Dennis Fowler said he did not provide additional details. Uh, Perry pitched for eight major league teams from 1962 until 1983. He won the Cy Young with Cleveland in 1972 and San Diego in 1978, just after turning 40. He was a five-time All-Star who was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1991. So another uh, Eastern North Carolinian. Great pitcher. Unbelievable pitcher. Great career. The uh, college football playoff announced earlier today will expand to 12 team event starting in 2024 completing an 18-month process that was fraught with delays and disagreements it looks like the first round of the playoffs and again this will be basically uh next year well i I, next season let's put it that way in 2023 it'll be the same format as it was last year 2024 the first round will take place on campus sites Matching teams seated 5 through 12 the week ending Saturday, December the 21st. The quarterfinals and semifinals, so the, the top four teams apparently will get a bye. The quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in the bowls that have been rotating as host of the semifinals and the current format, the rose, the sugar, the orange, the peach, the cotton, and the fiesta bowl. They're expected to generate um, an additional $450 million in gross revenue, College football playoffs, 12-year contract. We ESPN runs through 25-26, the year 25-26. The plan uh, expanded the playoff to expand the playoff, rather, was unveiled in June of 21. But uh, they had to get everything, all the I's dotted and T's crossed. But it looks like uh, come next year, there will be a 12-team. Now, I, I don't want uh, – I'm, I'm cheering for the home team here. Stop and think. Now, there was two losses. The ECU suffered two losses that were genuine losses. But uh, set aside those two losses where we really got beat pretty bad, the Tulsa and the Houston game. But the, the, the you know what? If we could turn those two around and uh, a couple of extra points and field goals had gone our way, who knows? If we can uh, – Take a step forward in the next uh, couple of years. Who knows? Maybe East Carolina. I know. It's it's a, a hard road to hoe, but uh, you know what? You never know. I mean, th- that's that's the fun of having a field of 12 teams, that you have the possibility, even if you're not a, an elite program, you've got the possibility to get your foot in the door get a couple of wins, and uh, I, I just think it, it makes it a lot more fun that, you know, sort of in a, in a sense, you got to have a great season to get there. But if you can get your foot in the door, some exciting things could happen. Just saying. So Stephen Corbett, uh, uh, Col- Colbert, or Colbert, <laughs> if you're Barack Obama, Stephen Colbert had Don Lemon on his program earlier this week. Last night, he had Janet Yellen on. Janet Yellen, the secretary, the treasury secretary. Now, obviously, Colbert is a flaming liberal. We all knew that. 
But apparently he's also a, wants to be a loser. Who is going to stay up to 11 o'clock at night to watch Janet Yellen? Or for that matter, Don Lemon. But Yellen blamed Americans splurging. That's why we have record high inflation. Now, this woman is supposed to be a financial guru, right? Janet Yellen attempted to explain how inflation occurred. She blamed consumers' excessive spending habits as a primary cause for the near 40-year high in inflation on Wednesday. Colbert asked her to explain to his audience how inflation got so out of hand when two years ago, now he didn't mention Donald Trump, but two years ago under Donald Trump, everything seemed fine. Colbert even noted that the Biden administration dismissed inflation as a small risk as recently as last year. By the way, as recently as today, the Biden administration came out and uh, welcomed a sign that Inflation might be easing, might be easing, but warned that there could be setbacks before his administration can wrestle prices down. Yeah, right. Treasury Secretary Yellen said the administration managed the COVID-19 pandemic so well that consumers felt comfortable to splurge on goods. If she actually believes this, which you know she doesn't, it's downright terrifying that she's the Treasury Secretary. I don't I don't actually think she believes that. I think she's was giving her marching orders. I mean, this is almost as crazy as it is over in China. That don't you dare get out of line. You 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 go out and you repeat what we tell you to say. She said, quote, so we had a rapid recovery from the pandemic, arguing Biden's policies brought unemployment down from seven percent to three point seven percent. What is the employment participation rate? That's what you really want to ask. And listen, if we had this rapid recovery from the pandemic, why did Joe Biden just a week ago want to continue the emergency policies if we had this rapid recovery? It turned out the pandemic had a very special impact on the economy. Remember, everybody stopped spending on services, she pointed out, as businesses were shut down. Instead, people spent more money on grills, technology, and office equipment as they were working from home. So it's people splurging because they were working from home. And by the way, uh, just because you stop spending money on services, what, what does that have to do? If it, 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 this, this just doesn't make any sense at all. Later in the interview, Yellen also blamed Russia for the increase in food and gas prices. No mention during the remarks about the spending the multi-trillion dollar spending Joe Biden has signed off on since he's become president. She also isn't the only White House official who blamed inflation on American spending. Ron Kane, the chief of staff, was mocked for suggesting rising costs and supply chain issues were a high-class problem last year. The upper class are causing it. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was also criticized for laughing at rising gas prices. Liberal journalists like MSNBC's Stephanie Rule have argued consumers could afford to spend more money on groceries and utilities. In October, the Consumer Price Index rose 0.4% from September. But it's your fault. Joe Biden's policy has nothing to do with it. It's all your fault. Spending too much money. You're splurging. (laughs) You're spending too much money on baloney. 
this administration. What a joke. Let's go ahead and take a timeout. But when we get back, I'm going to play for you some audio of that ABC George Stephanopoulos interview with Sam Bankman Fried. I still haven't figured out, is it Fried or Freed? I've heard it pronounced both ways. But uh, he is the uh, numbskull. That well, I say numbskull. People that invested with him, I guess, were bigger numbskulls than he is. Uh, he is the guy that uh, was overseeing FTX. It collapsed. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's amazing that he ever got it up and going. After you hear this interview, I'll tell you why. Stay with us. Here I was, little Ralphie Parker, a certified adult. Christmas was all up to me now. You want a baby gun for your kid? What are you, nuts? There's a 14-day waiting period. Your son triple dog dared another child at school today. We do not tolerate bullying, Mr. Parker. All the Christmas stories throughout the season. And there we sat, gazing at a gender-neutral leg, wearing sensible shoes glowing in the window. Decode the day's news with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Hard to believe it is December the 1st. The Christmas season is here. By the way, speaking of which, Christmas with the Embers, it's back. Christmas with the Embers will take place Monday, December 19th at the Re-Image Church in Winterville. We're teaming up with Pitt County Operation Santa Claus and we'll be donating money and toys to help kids in need this holiday season. You can purchase your ticket to come see the Embers concert, the Christmas concert, at WTIVFM.com. Our thanks to our sponsors, especially FDR, the Air Doctor, Hardee's, Fantastic Sam's, Greenville Utilities, Telco Credit Union, Speedy Oil Change, and Auto Service, GoEco, 264 Shoes and Apparel, Greenville Toyota, Apparel Electronics, Southern Bank, Amera uh, Caritas, North Carolina, Amera Health Caritas, North Carolina, uh, again, mark your calendars, Monday, December the 19th. Pick up your tickets at WTIBFM.com. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast for this December the 1st. By the way, today is National Christmas Lights Day. If you haven't gotten them up already, now's the time. Weather forecast tonight, a low of 28 with partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow, nice day, high around 60, mostly sunny skies, light and variable winds. Tomorrow night, the low is only at 47 with partly cloudy skies. Saturday looking real nice, although there's a chance of rain on Saturday, a slight chance of rain, but your high is 68 degrees. And uh, Saturday night, a low of 41 with uh, clouds in the sky. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Have you heard the news? Ironwood Golf and Country Club was voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, members-only full-service dining areas and monthly social events, a competition-sized swimming pool and clay tennis courts, making Ironwood the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one? Ironwood has gift certificates. They've got uh, all kinds of great things at the pro shop. Looking for that perfect gift for you and your family? Join Ironwood. What a great gift that you can enjoy all year long. No initiation fee required. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Ironwood Golf and Country Club, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. So George Steffi Stephanopoulos 
interviewed Sam Bankman Fried. Two hour interview. Um, it is pretty obvious that uh, Sam Bankman Fried, also known as SBF, uh, he is he is strange. Uh, he he I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's got to be. I mean, when you go through a billion dollars like he has, like he and his girlfriend have, uh, and you're looking at possible prison time. And by the way, his attorneys told him, don't do this interview with Stephanopoulos. And he did anyway. But, uh, I, you know, obviously your brain is going to be a little fried. I mean, d- during this interview, Stephanopoulos would ask him questions and he would sort of mumble to himself the question and very, very fidgety the whole time. I and mean, the guy's always been fidgety. If you've ever seen any, even back when he wasn't in trouble, he was he was pretty fidgety. But uh, he was really fidgety on this one. The uh, During most of the interview, it seemed as if he was more concerned about his own well-being than he was about those people who lost millions of dollars. And some people were big investors with this guy. Tom Brady was uh, one in particular. Apparently, Tom Brady's uh, net worth has decreased considerably after this uh, FDX uh, boondoggle happened. But here's here's just a snippet of the interview. This is cut one. Uh, And you can you can without even seeing the video part of it, just listening to the audio. This guy was uh, a little shaky. One of the reasons FDX went bankrupt is because FTX deposits. Yep. We're used to pay Alameda's creditors. Carolyn Ellison said you knew about that. Is that true? You know, best I can tell, uh, Alameda did have a big position open uh, on FTX. Um, that position, uh, I think, was, you know, very over collateralized uh, a year ago. There is a, a total market collapse and, sp- you know, specifically a large correlated collapse in its assets, you know, over the last month and to some extent over the last year that, I, you know, threatened that position quite a bit. And I think that's, you know, as best I understand, a lot of what happened there. I I am no cryptocurrency expert. I'm no finance expert. But I don't think you answered my question. I always ask you, did you know that FTX deposits were used to pay off Alameda creditors? Uh, I don't know of FTX deposits being used to pay off Alameda creditors. Are you, uh, which, which creditors are you referring to? Carolyn Ellison said that you all knew that these funds were used, were put into Alameda. They were the funds owned by your depositors. So I can't speak for who knew what. This guy's unbelievable. I mean, this is as if you had a couple of high school sophomore kids controlling a billion dollars. Uh, he dodged the the whole interview. He's dodging the questions, giving non-answers. Quote, there's something maybe even deeply wrong there, which I wasn't even trying. Like, I wasn't spending any time or effort trying to manage risk of FTX. And that was obviously a mistake. <laughs> that might be the biggest understatement ever uttered. 
He said, if I had been spending an hour a day thinking about risk management on FTX, I don't think that would have happened. And I don't feel good about that. Well, aren't you noble? Aren't you, aren't you Mr. Wonderful? You don't feel good about that. Well, by the numbers, Bankman Freed or Fried spent about $37 million during the last election cycle. Just about all of it went to Democrats. Interestingly, Stephanopoulos didn't ask about any of that. I mean, why doesn't Stephanopoulos go out and interview some of these Dems that got big chunks of money? Why doesn't he ask them if they're going to give it back? You know, uh, a lot of the answers from uh, Freed, Fried, likely uh, set off people's BS detectors. Uh, I didn't knowingly commingle funds, was one of his quotes. I have limited access to data. You're the head guy. Look, I was running, I wasn't running Alameda. I didn't know exactly what was going on. I was a large owner of it. That is true. I had a lot of exposure on that side, but I wasn't running it. Yeah, but you were overseeing the person that was running it. I didn't know the details of the house for my parents. Apparently, he bought a house for his parents. Lawmakers were not ruling on FTX. FTX did not have an application before Congress for anything. My donations were mostly for pandemic prevention. Yeah, right. I mean, he was supporting people that were running for office for the very first time in this last election cycle. Democrats. Media matters a lot. I wanted to support good media ventures. That was the whole thesis there. I don't have governance over any of these things. I was not looking for governance over them. I was looking to support journalists doing great work because I think what they're doing is really important. If you hadn't heard what he's referring to there, he was actually paying outlets and uh, liberal outlets to cover certain issues. He was paying them to cover certain issues that would uh, line up with his ideology. Now, again, he's, he's doing all that, just as the liberals have done all along with COVID. He's leaning heavily on the pandemic and heavily on COVID as an excuse to, oh, we're here to help you. We're here to help the American people. It's all about COVID. It's all about the pandemic. How can we make sure this doesn't happen again? The way we can do that is make sure that we elect more liberals, right? Speaking of liberals, the Secret Service will not say why they changed their position regarding a government watchdog's record request into Hunter Biden's gun investigation records. Judicial Watch filed a Freedom of Information request in April of 2021 regarding the gun reportedly owned by Hunter Biden and disposed of in a dumpster in 2018. The Secret Service initially told Judicial Watch that they had located records related to their inquiry, but over a year later in this last September, after a, uh, in October rather, after a September FOIA lawsuit by the government watchdog organization, the Presidential Protection Agency changed its tune. Judicial Watch was told by the Secret Service in October that the response a year prior was sent in error and they did not have records related to the request. A month later, the Secret Service flopped again 
telling the Washington, D.C. District Court on November the 10th that they had located over 100 records, totaling over 400 pages that could be responsive to Judicial Watch's FOIA's request. When asked about the change in their story on Hunter Biden's gun investigation records, the Secret Service declined to comment, citing their policy of not commenting on pending litigation. The Secret Service's changing story on records raises additional questions about its role in the Hunter Biden's gun incident, Judicial Watch President Tom Fenton said in a press release exclusively obtained by Fox News. One thing is clear, Judicial Watch persistent means the public may get records that the Secret Service suggested didn't exist. A source with knowledge of the October 23, 2018 police report told Fox News last year that it indicated that Haley Biden, the widow of President Biden's late son, Beau, who was in a relationship with Hunter at the time, threw a gun owned by Hunter in the dumpster behind a market that is located near a school. A firearm transaction report reviewed by Fox News Digital at the time indicated that Hunter Biden purchased the gun a month earlier. You know, this is, uh, again, you know, it comes down to one of two choices. Neither one are good for this agency. You're either a bunch of liars or you're a bunch of incompetent boobs or both. This is, this is unbelievable. And one wonders, okay, it gets to court. Somebody at the Secret Service who initially said, you know, we're just going to lie. We're just not going to – we don't have it. We couldn't find it. We know we told you earlier that we could find it. We can't find it. Go away. Tom Fenton and Judicial Watch takes it to court. The judge says, what's going on? Why are you changing your tune? Oh, oh, we found it. Somebody at the Secret Service who's making these decisions, and it was probably whoever Biden appointed to oversee the Secret Service – Suddenly, they realize, okay, this is really going to get ugly if we continue to lie that we couldn't find the records. We'll go ahead and find some records. Who knows? I mean, how can you possibly trust the Secret Service that they're not lying about the records they found? I have no confidence that they are not lying about the records they found. You know, somebody said, hey, listen, we got all these records. Go through all the records and find a hundred examples that really don't say anything, but we can hand them over so we'll shut these people up at, at uh, over at Tom Fenton's place, Judicial Watch. How, how can you not at least think that? Now, I have, I, I have no way of knowing what, what I just said is true or false. But my gosh, how can you not at least look at what they're doing and say to yourself, this can't, this can't possibly be on the up and up? Can't make it up. Hey, let's uh, let's loosen things up and play a little political trivia, shall we? Five six one eight two five five is the number to call, and uh, got a great prize package. Got a Christmas question for you. Here's the deal: I think it's going to go pretty quick. All right, so you might not want to wait to be the fourth or fifth caller. Five six one eight two five five. Political trivia when we get back.
All right, welcome in. It is Political Trivia, your category Christmas in Washington. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, an Ironwood, Ironwood gift certificate, a uh, gift certificate to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden, delicious made-from-scratch goodies, a gift certificate to Mucho Bueno in Havelock or El Mexicano in Newport for lunch or dinner, a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. And uh, remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won in the last 60 days, do let 60 days pass before you play again. First up from New Bern, we have Jeffrey on the line. Hey, Jeffrey. Good evening. All right, you ready to play? We'll give it a shot. All right, Christmas in Washington. And we need a pretty specific answer here, okay? In 1895... First Lady Frances Cleveland began a Christmas tradition at the White House that continues to this day. What was it? Decorating with Christmas trees? Uh, that started prior to First Lady Frances Cleveland, so she was not the first to decorate a Christmas tree. But good right. guess, 561-8255. Let's go to Lori and Aurora. Hey, Lori. Hey, how are you? Uh, doing well. In 1895, First Lady Frances Cleveland began a Christmas tradition at the White House that continues to this day. What was it? And I will say this, that Jeffrey was warm. But I need more specifics. Well, I'm going, I'm going to guess bringing in a large tree from out of the state somewhere maybe for the White House lawn. Ah, that's not it. That's another good guess, and you too are warm, but that's not it. Thanks for playing. Give us a call back, 561-8255. Let's go to Phil in Moorhead City. Hey, Phil. Hey, how are you? Good. Did you hear the question? I did. What do you think? Both uh, Jeffrey and Lori were in the right zip code, but I need something more definitive. How about uh, getting ornaments from every state for the federal tree? That's a great that's a great answer, but that's not it. Uh, good answer, no. not it. Five six one eight two five five. But again, you're warm. <laughs> Let's go to David Newburn. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Did you I, hear the question? I, I'm kind of stumped here too. I'm only going to say maybe a Christmas tree in every room. A Christmas tree in every room. Everybody's onto the Christmas tree, and you're close, but that's not it. <laughs> 561-8255. We got some lines open now, so if you want to call in, 561-8255. Uh, maybe it's time for a hint. Let's go to Charles and Wilson. Hey, Charles. Uh, hey, guys. Are you ready for a hint? Uh, yes, I am. All right. What she did, what the First Lady did... No doubt stretched out the Christmas festivities for the first family. What do you think? And everybody has been in the right zip code with their answer. What do you think it was? 1895. Um, 12 days of Christmas? 12 days of Christmas. That is... That, that, oh, I see. Because I stretched that. No, that's not... I, I, I probably threw you off with that hint. Uh, no, it was not the 12 days of Christmas. Good guess. Thanks, Charles. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Sean in Greenville. Hey, Sean. Hey, hello there, Tom. What do you think? Uh, Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Uh, 
Can you be uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, she was the first one to do something. Light up the Christmas tree with what? <laughs> Candles. <laughs> I can't give it to you. That's not it. That's not uh, it. But you are really, really warm. Five six one eight two. Cassandra. Uh, now, if you don't get this, Cassandra, you're you're going to be kicking yourself. Did you hear what Sean just answered with? Um, was it she was the first one to light up the Christmas tree with um, Christmas lights? Yes! <laughs> Congratulations, you got it. The uh, the White House was installed with electricity just four years earlier, and yes, First Lady Frances Cleveland was the first to light up the Christmas tree with electric Christmas lights. And they've done it every year since then. Cassandra, where are you calling from? Coleraine, North Carolina. All right. Well, uh, Cassandra and Coleraine, congratulations. Hang on the line, and Clark's going to get all your information. we got all those packages, we'll, uh, those prizes. We'll get up to you. And uh, thanks for everybody who played. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Christmas because it's all in the present. It is the greatest gift with the stocking stuffed with weather breaking news. Everything you said, I've been hoping for. Check in with our list of local and national headlines. I mean, it's a, it's a real gift. You have to be relentless. You have to have resolve. The holidays won't stop us from delivering the news. Now back to news and views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Congratulations to Cassandra Brooks of Coleraine, North Carolina. She got it right. In 1895, First Lady Frances Cleveland created a tech-savvy tree when she hung electric lights on the White House Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, this this was an interesting story because had you you asked me what year was electricity installed in the White House, I would not have said 1891, but that's when it was. And... uh, there you have it, electric uh, Christmas lights starting in 1895 and every Christmas since then. Town Hall is reporting House Majority Whip Jim Clyborne told CBS News earlier this week, actually last weekend on one of the Talking Head shows, while it is legal to buy firearms in the United States, that does not mean it is right. Then he gave what is a rather bizarre rationale and comparison cut to just because it's illegal does not make it the right thing i tell people all the time the institution of slavery was legal but it was not right just because they purchased these weapons legally does not mean that's what the law ought to be we need to change these laws unfortunately i'm going to be here uh, in my district uh, on wednesday speaking at the funeral service of one of those young football players from the University of Virginia who died at the hands uh, of a weapon that was, from all indication, legally purchased. That's not the problem. Chesapeake, uh, Virginia, and mm-hmm. uh, that gun was purchased legally the morning of the event. We have to visit these laws and do what's necessary to keep these guns out of the hands of people who should not 
Um, first of all, this is bizarre that you would compare your Second Amendment rights to slavery. I mean, he's saying, I mean, that's essentially he's saying, well, you know what? People owned slaves and that was legal at the time. And it, that's, that's the perfect example to say people own guns and it's legal at the time, but both are wrong. But to compare with sla- – well, first of all, it's not wrong. How many – again, how many times do guns protect people and save lives, which never makes the news? I mean, if, if each one of those events made the news, what would the ratio be between people dying with a handgun and people being saved with a handgun? A hundred to one, a thousand to one. We don't know because it doesn't make the news. But then he goes on to say, I'm going to speak at the funeral of one of those young football players from the University of Virginia who died at the hands of a weapon, who died at the hands of a weapon. How can you die at the hands of a weapon? This individual died at the hands of a brutal thug, a criminal. The shooting that took place at University of Virginia, he was uh, convicted of possessing a concealed firearm without a license in 2021, but the sentence was suspended, according to the Washington Post. He told the officer who made the vehicle stop that led to the discovery he paid $500 for a handgun and brought it, uh, purchased it for protection. Um, listen, this, this person had, had broken the law in the past. But for some reason, it would, this, the sentence was suspended. Um, and to, to, to make the, the comparison to slavery is, is beyond the pale. House Democrats have elected Hakeem Jeffries as their new House leader. We talked about this yesterday. What's interesting about uh, Hakeem, just two years ago, in 2020, I mean, this wasn't going back years ago. This is going back just two years ago in 2020. Hakeem Jeffries said that Tara Reid's accusations against Joe Biden need to be investigated in a serious manner. He said this in April of 2020. Now, you remember um, Tara Reid made claims that, what year was it, years earlier, um, she came forward in 2019, accused Biden of inappropriate touching. She later expanded expanded on what happened, um, alleging that he once pinned her against the wall and um, digitally, uh, let me just, I'm not going to go into graphic, there's kids listening in the car. It, it, it was graphic, what Biden did. Um, she's come out with a book detailing it, left out when the truth doesn't fit in. But uh, Hakeem, who is now the head of the Democrats, now is, is has he totally forgotten about what he said just two years ago? Well, I don't think you're going to hear about it again. <laughs> it's done. Uh, and Well, if they decide that they don't want Joe to run, Hakeem will bring it back up. If the if the Democrats say Joe's a has been, Joe is a, a you know, an anvil around the Democrat Party's neck. He and Hunter, you know, they're they're it's he's going to kill us if we keep him in the party. 
at that point, Hakeem will come out and uh, he'll he'll speak up and and want uh, this investigation to uh, get real, real serious. But uh, Supreme Court today said Biden administration's program to cancel student loans will remain blocked for now, but the justices agreed to take up the case later in the winter. The court's decision to hear arguments in about three months means it's likely to determine whether the widespread loan cancellation are legal by late June. Now, the Biden administration, remember, just in the last few weeks, lower courts have said that uh, what you're doing is unconstitutional, that this needs to come from Congress. It can't come from the executive branch. You don't have the authority to do this. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office has said the program is going to cost over $400 billion. Now, I know Democrats don't care about money. It's, well, you know, who, let's not get caught up in the details of $400 billion. But th- the court said, no, you can't do that. The Biden administration actually went to the Supreme Court. I, I, I don't know why they thought this would happen, but the Biden administration went to the Supreme Court, and they were hoping that the Supreme Court would lift the block and allow the program to go forward while it's being decided in the courts. And, of course, the problem is if you allowed the program to go forward, you, you can't unscramble eggs, and that's exactly what would have happened. And but Biden, the, now the executive branch, does have the authority to give a, uh, a you know, a, a, some, uh, some, a, a continue the grace period that you don't have to make loan payments until they're figuring it out. That has now been, I think, extended all the way to next June. But uh, right now, the Supreme Court says, sorry, uh, no, we're going we're gonna to continue with what the lower court said. We'll hear the case in three months by next June. Then we'll tell you it's unconstitutional and you're out of luck. Uh, congratulations again to uh, the good folks up in Coleraine. Um, Cassandra Brooke, our winner of political trivia. Be with us again tomorrow because we'll do it all again. See you on Friday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right.